hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stairway to CEO podcast brought to you by Future Commerce. I'm your host, Lee Green, and it's my mission to bring you a real, honest, and unfiltered interview with top business leaders from all walks of life. We'll talk about their climb to the top, their stumbles along the way, and the steps they took to get them to where they are. So tune in to get inspired, listen to some real talk, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 21 of the Stairway to CEO podcast. I'm your host, Lee Green, and today I sat down with Bry Tindisbury, the founder and CEO of Jack and Bry. Jack and Bry is revolutionizing the plant-based meat market by developing products that don't rely on highly processed soy or pea powder, but instead are made from flavor-hugging qualities and the meaty texture of jackfruit. In this episode, Bryce shares with us how her entrepreneurial father inspired her to become a founder herself, why she decided to close her first company, Lily Loray, and how an experience she had eating jackfruit at a music festival inspired her to start Jack and Bry. We dive into her experience with fundraising from investors and how she sold over 20 million slices of jackfruit pepperoni in just her first year. Tune in to hear all of this and more. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us an awesome review. We hope you enjoy this episode. Bri, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited to hear your incredible story in building Jack and Bri. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a privilege to be on here. Awesome. So before we dive into the company, um, let's start from the very beginning. Where are you from? You know, tell us about your childhood. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm actually from Warwickshire in the UK. Uh, so right in the middle of uh, the UK, that's where I'm from. The furthest po- uh, point from, from any beach. And yeah, I grew up there. I've got two, three sisters. I can't even count how many sisters I've got now. I've got so many. Um, and one brother. And yeah, I had a really enjoyable childhood. Uh, my dad was in the packaging industry, uh, making pizza delivery boxes. And uh, yeah, just growing up, really enjoyed sport, was really keen, was completely competitive, uh, still competitive to this day. And loved my music as well, did lots of music. Um, and yeah, as I grew up, I had a great family life. Um, and I really have taken lots of my inspiration as I've grown as a person in, in you know, in the industry from my dad, cause he's a real go getter and, uh, he's a people person and uh, tries to make people laugh. And hopefully I, I can try and make you laugh at some point. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. From the UK. That's great. You're the first one on the show from the UK. So thanks so much for, uh, you know, dealing with the time difference and joining us. Um, three sisters and one brother. That's a big, that's a lot of siblings. Yeah, there was lots of hormones in our teenage years, I have to admit. But my brother kept us grounded. Um, he was the oldest. But you no, know, it, it's a real, we've got a real tight knit uh, family. And I, I'm a, I, I love big families. Uh, we've got a, a large extended family. And, um, you know, for me, that's, that's everything. I'm, I'm a team player. I'm a, I'm a family lady as well. So, yeah. And you said you were competitive. What kind of sports did you play when you were a kid? 
Oh, I did everything. Um, I was one of those mad people that um, if I had um, a, a match in the daytime, I would get up at six o'clock in the morning with, with my friends. We would go running uh, for an hour. Then we do probably like, you know, a, a, a hockey match or, or we'll do netball or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, still have time to do something else in the evening. I, I just, well, I was a real uh, mad uh, sports geek, basically. Oh my gosh, it sounds like you had a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, I still do after two children, yeah. <laughs> wow. And music, you said. Did you play any instruments? Yeah, I I uh, just, you know, just the casual three instruments, you know, flute, uh, piano, and percussion. I was one of those people that... Um, I absolutely love music and I went to school and I, I thought I went home and I said to mom, I'm in the orchestra. I, I got in the orchestra. I'm so excited about this. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. What are you? And I said, I'm the triangle. And, um, it was, it, but that, no, that was the only time from then on I played a flute and other things, but I absolutely loved, uh, anything to do with music really. So still do. And so when you were growing up, what did you want to be when you got older? Uh, I, I was into lots of different things, into film. Um, I was into the arts and, um, I didn't actually know what I wanted to get into, but I, I very much knew that I wanted to run my own business and be an entrepreneur like my dad, really. So really, I think that, you know, when you look back at my career in my twenties, it really emulated the fact that, uh, I was trying to, you know, carve out this kind of career of, creativity, but understanding and building on my own personal beliefs in the end, really, I was, I was going to make my own company. When was that? When you were a kid, do you remember a specific moment or an age or just a time where you were like, I want to be like my dad. He's pretty cool. He's doing some cool things. This entrepreneur thing, maybe that's for me too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a kid, when I went into the factory and I saw you know, these boxes, pizza boxes stacked up high, I thought, and, you know, there's a forklift truck, lots of different things happening, and it was all busy. And I just thought, you know what, this is really cool. He's built up. I just thought, you know, you know, he, he, he's done that on his own. And I, I think, you know, something to be really proud of. And I absolutely knew then that, you know, I really wanted to get into my own business from that, that day. Awesome. And so when was that? Do you remember? So I, Oh, it was, you know, probably from a young age, you know, 13, 14, I, I definitely thought I, I absolutely love school. Uh, but I also, also just, I just really wanted to get into something that I, I could do myself. So I always had that in my mind to do it from, from an early age. Great. And so in school, um, you know, did you go to college? Yeah, I went to university. I did uh, computer animation because I wanted to get into a film and advertising. And uh, um, absolutely loved it. Whilst I was I was at university in London, I um, I actually went and worked and worked my way up at an advertising company um, to be a producer. Uh, so by the time I'd actually finished my degree, I was a full time producer um, in London. And so, as a producer in London, um, how have some of those experiences prepared you for being a founder? Yeah. I, oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean the when you're working in the advertising industry, you know, you ha there's always an answer. So I think I remember this one time where it was, 
it was 11.30 in the evening and I, I kind of finished a shoot, producing a shoot. The next day it was going to start at 6.30 and my director said, right, this, this is and this is not right. It's got to be corrected tonight, ready for 6.30 in the morning. And it was this massive, massive poster that had to be redesigned and reprinted in time. And obviously 11.30 at night, everything's going to be closed, isn't it? And you just you just have that mentality that you have to solve the problem. You're a problem solver. Uh, otherwise, you completely you know fail at the shoot, which you can't do. So obviously, with my thinking, called around, found 24-hour printers, uh, managed to reformat, redesign it, and, and do an A0 design uh, poster, uh, printed by 3 a.m. in the morning, and I delivered it on set at 6 a.m. in the morning. Uh, even earlier than everyone else, uh, everyone else, and um, yeah, I think that you know it really taught me that you just have to get up and go, and there's always a way to figure out a problem. Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty cool hustle story. So, what mistakes did you make, or challenges did you experience on that job? On um, producing for TV, I absolutely love my time being producer. I think that um, you know you're you're completely absorbed by uh, that world. And uh, I, for one, I think that, you know, you, you didn't really have the headspace to find, you know, what I wanted to actually do, which is obviously run my own business. So other challenges, I guess it's just trying to convince, um, you know, a client that your design is actually going to sell, you know, their products on screen. Uh, so you'd spend probably a few hours trying or, you know, days trying to cultivate this design, which they signed off, by the way. Um, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> You go to deliver it to them and they go, well, I didn't choose that. And, you know, you'd have to tell them, you know, this was the design you signed off. This is where it looks. This is going to help you sell your brand. And um, you had to have an incredibly thick skin uh, because, you know, you, you would probably have, um, you would have to manage the account and make sure that they'd be happy with the end result because, um, yeah, you, you definitely have a need to have a thick skin for marketing. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah. And thick skin for being an entrepreneur as well. So what happened after that job? So after that, I, I wanted to trial out running my own business. So I actually set up a homewares business called Lily LeRae um, because I was using my design element of my background, um, you know, studying animation and design. And I, I absolutely love the era of 60s. So I created uh, all these different homewares um, with my own design prints on them. And I sold them to Liberties and Heels, which is a, uh, you know, homewares and, um, department stores in London. Uh, and I absolutely love my time there, uh, you know, building up a company, but what I, I found really is that you really need to research a market, uh, back to front. Um, I also needed to think big. I, I only kind of went to small, um, you know, homewares, uh, department stores. I needed to think big, uh, big volume. And, um, you know, I really, I, I added to my entrepreneurial spirit because I knew that running my company was what I wanted to do. I just knew that this probably wasn't the right business to, um, you know, be hugely successful. So I decided to, you know, discontinue that um, after a few years. That's interesting because I think some people wouldn't really think that. They'd be like, oh, this is like a nice small lifestyle business maybe. Um, but you were like, no, this is not enough. I want to do something way bigger than this. 
yeah basically it's got to be enough and uh, you know you're right it was a really lovely lifestyle business but um i don't do things by halves right so where where does that come from where do you think that comes from to want to do something so much bigger from being completely stubborn and also the fact that my dad just you know it always uh, instilled in me that you know you've got to just be totally over the top with your thoughts and your ambitions because you you will you will get there and actually if you don't try to to stab you know a, a lot higher then uh, then you're not going to get there at all Hey, real quick, I wanted to tell you a little bit about Future Commerce Insiders. Insiders is a weekly newsletter that brings you the information you need at the intersection of technology, entrepreneurship, and commerce. If you're a tech founder or an operator at an e-commerce brand, Insiders is purpose-built just for you. Commerce connects all of us, and entrepreneurship gives anyone the opportunity for economic advancement. So, commerce entrepreneurship has the ability to change the world. Want to join us? Do it right now at futurecommerce.fm. That's futurecommerce.fm. So was your dad kind of telling you that when you were building this business? Like, oh, come on, you can do bigger than this. Or was that really just you and kind of your own thoughts? Was there anyone that was encouraging you as well? We're a very harsh family. <laughs> so that's probably another way of, of having a resilience to... Um, you know, my whole family, we're all incredibly harsh on each other, our own harsh critics, which is probably great for business because uh, we, we get it from them first. Uh, and everyone in our family questions exactly what we do. Is it going to make any money um, in terms of, you know, supporting each other? And my dad regularly calls me up to say, you know, when's the next big sale? When's it going to happen? So, so um, you know, that added pressure, I, I, I for me, you know, I look up to him and I always want to just try to, to do more. And so your siblings, are they also kind of calling you up and saying the same thing? Or where are they sitting in this whole harsh family environment? <laughs> we are, we do actually all get on, but we all really well. Uh, but no, we're all entrepreneurs. So my brother has taken on the packaging uh, business. He's done that. And my sister's got her own dog business. So she does dog food and uh, dog beds, uh, which she does incredibly well. And um, my younger sister is a nutritionist and a physiotherapist. So we've all got our own businesses. We've got, all got that entrepreneurial mindset. And we, we just like a bit of banter. Nice. So you decided this isn't, for me, this lifestyle business stuff. I want to do a much bigger, bigger type of business. So you shut down the company, I assume. And, and then what happened from there? Yeah. And uh, what happened from there is at the same time, um, I had uh, two children. Um, and I, I worked uh, alongside that. I went to work for a charity that supports SMEs in growing them and supporting in getting funding. And I, I thought to myself that actually I wanted to go back to basics and actually understand um, other businesses of how they've been successful and what I could learn from that and also how I could support other businesses with, you know, what I knew as well, uh, what I knew I could do right. And, um, and also the fact that these SMEs that we were cultivating a, a course to help them grow uh, they were also securing funding. So that was that was new to me. I hadn't raised any funding before. And, uh, you know, I did it off, off my own back. And for me, I, I wanted to understand how to 
pitch to investors, you know, reporting to board members. And I learned a lot of that there. Great. And where was this again? What was it called? It's called Brand Amplifier. Nice. Yeah. So that, that was in London. So you did some of this fundraising and you're like, well, this is fun. Uh, absolutely loved it. So I absolutely loved working for them. And, um, you know, I, I worked for them for a couple of years and um, really just seeing other SMEs grow and pitch uh, to investors really spurred me on to know I could do this myself. Um, and just it just enhanced the burning desire for me to run my own business and find the right business for me to grow. So how did you find the right business for you to grow? Well, I, I came across um, plant-based um, and really uh, got into the, to the world of healthy eating and um, really saw that, you know, since having children actually wanted to create a business uh, that could make a real change. Um, and I also um, got into it just purely because, you know, my, my dad was a pizza box maker um, and remembered, you know, back in the day when, when all those pizza boxes were stacked up high, um, that they she used to go on forever. And I remember the pizza element to it. And my love of plant-based and seeing that, that there was lots of overly processed plant-based meats out there meant that um, I, I knew that actually I wanted to create a plant-based meat. And there were lots of burgers out there and I needed to find something that was different to launch with. And uh, I came across Jackfruit at a, um, a music festival and I saw that the fleshiness of it, the versatility of it and it flavor hugging qualities could lend itself to plant-based meats. And I knew then that actually I really wanted to go into something food and plant-based and, and use jackfruit as my core ingredient. And so when did you start, you know, having an interest in plant-based? By the way, I think the UK is like way ahead of the US with the plant-based everything right now. I feel like they have so much innovation happening. I see a lot of really cool companies coming out of the UK. Um, when did your journey start with plant-based you know, where, where did that interest come from? Yeah, well, both my sons actually uh, had dietary requirements and I kind of looked into the nutrition of food and sustainability. And I just, I just you know, did my own research. And, you know, for, for me, it's just about, you know, healthy body, healthy mind. I didn't really like buying lots of overly processed plant-based meats out there. And it, I just saw there was lots of a sea of soy, uh, pea and wheat. That were, that were being used and there wasn't really uh, much else on the market. And uh, when I saw that the jackfruit um, and it hadn't really been, it only been used in a sauce form before. And, and I really saw that, that it could actually really work incredibly well um, as a base of a plant-based meat because it had a fleshy uh, texture that was natural and a lot cleaner. Yeah. It's an actual fruit. Yeah. It's uh, the crazy. Right. It grows on trees. I mean, yeah, I remember the first time I had jackfruit and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and I've been uh, making it at home with some barbecue, you know, kind of trying to pull off that pulled pork kind of substitute. Um, yeah. And it's really good. I'm excited. Yeah. When, it, when are you guys going to be in the US? Oh, very exciting. Yeah, very soon. Um, we have lots to reveal, obviously, in terms of, um, you know, different markets that we're entering into. And obviously, as you can see at the moment, we're in the UK. Uh, and but we will be coming to the US very soon. Absolutely. 
Well, maybe towards the end of the show, you can give us a, f- a few reveals of uh, what's what's in store, what's coming next. So you had this kind of aha moment at the f- at this music festival, right? You kind of had this jackfruit and you're like, wait a minute, I think there's something more here that we can do with jackfruit. Um, walk me through kind of what happened next. You know, it looks, it sounds like you're working full time elsewhere. You have this idea, you, you, you know, what happened? How did you start to build the business? Absolutely. So I was working full time, um, as another company, um, doing marketing and it was B2B marketing. It was completely fascinating, but at the same time building. So that was 2019 January that I created uh, jackfruit pepperoni. Um, because I, I actually looked in, uh, the pizza market, um, because of my father's, uh, pizza box, uh, boxes stacked up high. And I could really see that actually the pizza market was really untapped for plant-based meats. And, uh, I researched the market It's worth $151 billion, uh, which I was astounded by. And then when I looked at what the most popular pizza was, Pepperoni came up trumps with being 36% of all pizzas bought were pepperoni. And as I started to work with jackfruit and uh, we found that we'd unlocked its secret, we, we knew and created this proprietary process that enabled us to enhance the flavor hugging qualities of the fleshy texture of jackfruit. And I I just was astounded by the versatility of of utilizing jackfruit in not only pepperoni, uh, but other plant-based meats and, you know, things like sausages, burgers, but other things like chicken nuggets and fish fingers. It it just, you know, it could enter into multiple different markets. And I just got extremely excited then. And that was um, back in the, the early 2019. And what I did is I, I looked to scale it up myself with a, with a manufacturer. Um, I, I, I found a, a funder, so uh, Beyond Impact along the way, who uh, saw our journey in terms of, of the potential of a jackfruit pepperoni. And they introduced me to um, my co-founder now, which is Jen, and she was actually working at a uh, plant-based, uh, her own consultancy called PB&Co. And uh, Jen came to support me because she's got an operations background, uh, years of experience in the industry. And she um, saw the potential of uh, of jackfruit and what we created and unlocked the secret of jackfruit. And uh, she supported us in growing and scaling up with um, a bigger manufacturer to to really get going. And that was by June um, 2020, uh, 2019, uh, we got £200,000 in, in funding from Beyond Impact. And uh, the month before that, I'd handed in my notice, basically. That's awesome. And so before we kind of continue where you're at, just to take a step back, product development is one of the biggest barriers to entry, especially in the food business. How did you go about creating your first few samples? Were you making them at home? Did you team up with a food scientist? How did you find this food scientist? Can you walk us through your product development process? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, you know, I I understood jackfruit. I'd been working with it myself, uh, and what I what I had done is scaled it up to a, a, a product that could be taken to a manufacturer. But then when I when I took on PB and Co. and we started working with it, we we could actually she had Jen had the background in terms of scaling it up 
to uh, another level. And the fact that we could actually secure a, our own process in ensuring that we were completely different uh, to anything out there. So, so Jen's consultancy had her own MPD team behind her. And that was key into driving the success and, you know, to the speed at which we could grow. So it was a real team effort, endlessly trying products in scaled up in, in manufacturing sites, uh, because it, it, ha- it can't just work in, in your you know, kitchen. It's got, it's got to be scaled up and the samples have got to come from a manufacturing site to ensure that it's the right taste and, uh, and you know, going to sit right with, it, with the companies. Absolutely. And so you get this 200,000 pounds from your first investor, it sounds like. And you realize at that moment that you should probably quit your job and start working full time. What kind of tests or surveys did you do to test the market and try to prove this concept out a little bit that other people out there would want the same product? Yeah, absolutely. We, we actually launched into an independent uh, pizza chain immediately in June that we had to secure uh, to get investment, you know, our first sale and uh, we worked extremely hard to get that and launch in there. And that was actually really great for us to see it being used and how it performed, you know, scaled up. So we learned um, lots of lots of new ways to enhance our product and make sure that actually when it went out to the wider audience, to our bigger customers, which we ended up securing incredibly quickly, they had the perfect product. So when did you realize things were working? What metrics did you use that kind of helped measure success? Well, we we secured in September, we launched into, that was just last year, into ZZ's, the pizza chain, and that was 164 sites. Then we, this is, a, this is like a two-man or two-lady team, and then we launched into uh, Papa John's, 450 sites. Uh, that was in January this year, and we have since sold 20 million slices of pepperoni. Uh, I think, you know, looking back, you, you're astounded at how quickly this, that's happened. We, we're just, you know, blown away by the popularity. I think that when we launched in these uh, restaurants and, and Papa John's, I think everyone was just, you know, grateful that uh, it was something new. It wasn't, you know, soy. It was uh, using, you know, the fleshiness of jackfruit uh, because really our nutritionals far outweigh anything else on the market. Um so when you have you raised any other capital other than the 200 um, pounds, 200,000 pounds? We are we're actually raising 1.6 million, which is 2.1 million dollars, uh, which we're just finalizing at the moment, which is incredibly exciting. Great. Congratulations. So you're closing that round kind of soon, sounds like. Yeah, it will be finalized in the next couple of weeks. So, so how has your experience been fundraising? Well, that's a really interesting question. I think that what's interesting when you look at the stats, 1% of VC funding is actually allocated to female-led businesses. But we love a challenge. We absolutely love that. Raising money in, in, in COVID has been a challenge in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we started the process in March, just as lockdown started. Lovely. But we really enjoyed moving to Zoom and you know, pitches in the middle of the night for international investors, what they just, that just became part of the fun. But for, I think for us, really, uh, we wanted to show that our goal was simple, uh, that, that we see ourselves up there like beyond and impossible who are soy and pea, 
uh, and that we will be leaders in jackfruit plant-based meats that taste epic, which is, you know, quite simply. So what are some of the worst or best investor meetings you had? Did you ever have a response from an investor that was super negative and kind of hilarious? Or, you know, I think a lot of founders have had, you know, you have to have kind of hundreds of meetings depending on how much you're raising. And sometimes the responses you get from the naysayers are really kind of funny. So have you had any um, interesting experiences on that front? Yes, <laughs> we've had quite a few. I think you just have to be so resilient with it all. I think I think someone uh, when we that had no, you know, this is where early in the days when you know you have to understand you have to go to investors that understand your market, and if you go to investors that are kind of outside your remit that don't really understand the industry, we'll come up with stupid questions like why are you making a plant based product, even though you've explained the whole thing to them and you know you're thinking okay well okay well this is just a waste of time i think that's probably the main thing is that you've explained everything and uh, they still can't get plant-based right so you're saying it's just it's the category in general that they're kind of unaware of the growth of and like kind of hesitant about that's interesting i think you've got to build resilience i think with any investment you know you it's it's like a, a partnership you know it's got to be right and I'm always a great believer in everything happens for a reason. I have learned a new meaning for patience <laughs> um, in this fundraising round. So, you know, I'm just really excited uh, that this is coming to completion. So it's really, really exciting for not only us, but for the team. Did anyone ever say this is never going to be successful or this is never going to happen? Was there any like straight up, like really brutal comments or no? Uh, yes, absolutely. But just a few. When they say that, I am incredibly competitive and uh, stubborn. When they say that, it's just fuel to the fire for me, to be quite honest. I'm curious, how do you respond? Because I always looked back at those moments and been like, oh, if I would have just said this, it would have been the perfect comeback, you know, it's but it's always in hindsight. So in in the moments, what have your responses been to comments like that? Uh, my comments has been, you know, what have we done in terms of, you know, the turnover that we've done in just the eight months that we've been trading? What is the market look like? They're all there's no leaders in jackfruit, uh, plant based meats, which we we believe we are going to be the leaders. And also the fact that, you know, the plant based market is growing to 140 billion uh, by 2029. I think that they obviously, if they, if they even, you know, with all the stats in the world and you, and you list off, you know, every, the data is there and the results are there. Uh, if they don't get it, then I just think it's not the right partnership for you because you, you really have to have an investor that believes in what you're capable of and your story. I always think it's funny to kind of ask the question about fundraising because I don't think, I think that fundraising for the very first time, a lot of founders don't realize that a lot of investors actually can be kind of brutal, like in a way that you would not expect. You're like, why would you ever say that to any entrepreneur? Like keep your own negative opinions to yourself, please and thank you. You know, (laughs) but it's just so shocking that they, they really can say the nastiest things. So anyways, I'm glad, congratulations on, on making it through and congratulations on your round. In terms of hiring, what's the biggest lessons you've learned through hiring your team and what do you look for most? Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a it's a real challenge, you know, uh, building, you know, your team and making sure everyone is cohesive. I, I really do look for people that are 
you know, actually kind of, you know, entrepreneurs that are coming into the business that want to think for themselves, they're ambitious, um, they want to continually learn. We, we have to build, uh, you know, each role that we bring in, they have to continually build and be better each day. So uh, for us, it's just about ensuring that, well, not only that, that we can all work together, that we actually complement each other on our on our views. And I also want people to come into the business that actually maybe don't agree with me and actually broaden my horizon of my views, you know? What's something you wish you would have known before you started your business? Uh, that funding was going to take a lot longer. Um, how long did you think it would take? And then how long did it actually take? Uh, so it took about four months to get funding for the first pre-seed fund, which was 200,000 last year. And then we, we did start, you know, kind of going, venturing out around January this year, but actually kind of got our lead investor by March this year. And we, sh- if, if COVID wasn't in the way, uh, and obviously, you know, these things happen, we probably would have secured it a lot sooner, probably, you know, May. But I'm a great believer in things happen for a reason. And we were raising back then 1 million. And now we're, we're looking to secure 1.6. So if we had secured it back then, you know, we wouldn't have got as much funding. So yeah, there's, there's always something to learn from it. Being a founder involves an incredible amount of persistence, as you know. What's your why? What keeps you going? Uh, I think that for me, it's always about the team. I, I, you know, I'm doing it for, you know, my team and I have to build resilience in terms of my belief in our products. Uh, you know, the, 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 the main thing for us is the fact that we're creating an amazing product that's grown on a tree, you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's incredible. You know, the fact that this jackfruit tree gobbles up carbon and then kicks out oxygen and we are creating a plant-based meat that is tasty for meat eaters that grows on a tree. I still can't believe it myself. So I think that really it's just, you know, building that don't stop believing. And, you know, we see ourselves, I always tell our team, every single month, you know, where have we got to, where do we want to get to? We want to be leaders in jackfruit plant-based meats globally. What's the biggest thing you've learned about becoming a leader or CEO? As a founder, you know, I, I've really kind of learned that I need to absolutely being, you know, energe- energetic for the team. Uh, not only the fact that we're always behind Zoom now at the moment, uh, I have to keep believing and I, I always keep learning every single day. I, I keep learning on myself. Uh, I just want to be better for my team, really, just because creating a company that I would like to work in uh, and ensure that they want to work in as well. But at the end of the day, also build a global company. Uh, you have to tie everything together. So it's about just at the end of the day, delivering big results. And starting and growing a business involves a lot of professional and personal growth. How have you grown personally as a leader? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I think that you know the start of it. You know, I was a, a one man lady or one, <laughs> or one lady in the business. I can't get that saying out of my head. And you know, I think that letting go was something I had to learn. Uh, I, I was doing every single job. You know, I, I you know, when you bring on a team now that we've got nine and I was doing everything that they were doing, uh, and 
and more. And and now they're doing the every single job far better than I could have, have ever done. But I had to let go. I had to, you know, let them take control of that. They, I had to let them show them that they were the experts in, in doing that. And it's just been incredible. And for me, it's just thinking big and, and having a, a kick-ass team is is what drives me. There's a lot of learning in building business. I mean, you're learning how to do everybody else's job before you have everybody else to do those jobs. And then once you have them in place, then you have to learn new skills because now you're growing as the leader of the company and CEO, and there's all these other things that you need to learn. So what are some of the um, top skills that you've had to learn to get to where you are? Yeah, I think that that's uh, having the vision and the strategy, I think that I love a good Excel sheet. Gosh, I do love a good Excel sheet. And having that strategy of how are we going to actually get there, you know, in a year's time, how are we going to get there? And how can we work backwards? And each team member contributes to where we want to get to. And that for me is just having that vision, uh, you know, and ambition of, you know, just thinking outside the box. I think that's one thing that, you know, you bring all these experts in and actually sometimes I, I have no um, experience in the food industry whatsoever. I love eating food and I love great tasting products, especially uh, jackfruit plant-based meats. But I've also got to think outside the box of actually, you know, they haven't thought about something, you know, by going into this area or going into this uh, sector. So I think widening your team's vision is something that um, I've had to learn and just growing confidence that, no, I can do this. I had the belief in the business at the start. And as you know, uh, and we all know, it's just growing that in that inner confidence that, you know, we can do it. Absolutely. Confidence is a huge, huge factor. So as you were maybe like gaining that confidence as you grew with the business, what are some limiting beliefs you had to overcome to get to where you are today? What were some of those limiting thoughts? I obviously thought that, you know, uh, just because I've got a great idea, maybe I could not lead, but I know I can absolutely lead. I absolutely love my team. And I definitely think that I can give direction in terms of growing a team. I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking that really want to start a business. They're aspiring entrepreneurs. And they're like, I have this great idea, but who am I? to do it. Yeah. Who am I to lead a company and, and build a team and fundraise? Like, Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do that. I mean, I definitely know for myself starting out, I was like, can I raise money? Like who is going to give me a penny? Like, I don't know anybody with money first off, like in, you know, as a friends and family round, like congratulations, if you have rich friends and family to invest in your idea, like, but if you don't, that's on you. And then you really have to ask strangers for yeah. money. That's the most awkward thing, you know, it's very uncomfortable. And it takes a lot of confidence and building your own resiliency muscle and your own, really, you have to just have the confidence to say, I deserve you investing in me, I deserve you taking that risk and bet on me, because I believe in myself. And you should too. So I think that's a, a really important limiting belief that a lot of entrepreneurs have. And unfortunately, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't overcome it. I also just thought, you know, uh, do I deserve this? And yes, I, I do deserve this. I work my, you know, butt off to get where I am. And I think also that uh, there's so much to learn in terms of, you know, as you've gone over in terms of raising finance, how do you do that? I've no idea. 
but I will find out. I will talk to people. Is this a good business plan? I don't know. I think it is good. And then you just get better. You get asked more questions and then, you, you know, people start to take interest and you think, I am, I know I've got this and I've earned this and I can absolutely prove to, to anyone now that, that this is a business to invest in. It's really interesting um, <laughs> to think back to how little I knew about anything regarding business when I first started my company, honestly. And I find it so fascinating when I, you know, meet people that have an extraordinary amount of experience in business, like 10 times what I've ever achieved. And they're nervous about mm. starting a company. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah. I didn't even know what a calendar invite was when I started my <laughs> company. Like, no one started from bottom more than me when I started my company, I guarantee you. I mean, I came from the modeling industry, zero resume, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was working on like an intern at a accelerator in LA. And yeah. I was just learning everything from scratch. I didn't I was afraid of spreadsheets. I didn't know what the hell to put in there. <laughs> I taught yeah. myself how to do three year, you know, financial projections and uh, yeah. P&L. I mean, I self taught myself everything. So yeah, I just find it fascinating how much our own thoughts get in our way. I think for me, I was so naive at the time. I just like, <laughs> it was like that pure naive naivety that they say that you just have no idea how hard it is. So you just dive yeah. in head first. And that's what I did. And so I just had this like brutal learning curve to like get to where most people would be when they start a business, I think. I completely agree. It's, it's not knowing if I know now how hard it was, I still do it. But I would, I, I, you just never know how hard it is. And I think that that is that uh, stubborn belief that yeah. <laughs> you just keep going in the fact that, you know, I will do it, but God, I didn't realize it's this hard, but oh, okay, fine. I'll just keep going, you know? Yeah. It's the passion too. I think that drives you. I mean, I know that when you have a vision for something and a passion to make it happen and you, that really helps drive you uh, to stop at nothing until it happens. With this personal story, I mean, in terms of, you know, uh, the fact that we're using jackfruit and, uh, you know, it brings people together in the fact that we're not just making plant-based meats for meat eaters. Uh, we're making them for, for everyone, really. So before we kind of, you know, sum things up here, what's yeah. your grand vision for the future? What's next? Is there anything you can reveal? You mentioned some things about maybe launching in the U.S. soon. Can you uh, share anything with us? Absolutely. Well, obviously, we're finalizing and, and we'll announce a 1.6 million fund for the seed. We're also uh, going to be launching online, so direct to consumer uh, this year, which is really exciting. We've got some partnerships as well that's going to be happening online. And then we're going into retail uh, next year as well with our products. So I've got jackfruit, pepperoni, chorizo, sausages, um, burgers, uh, and beef mints. And yeah, it, what's great about it is the fact that our our brand is bold, it's bright, it's fun. And it just, you know, it just speaks volumes of the fact that you can have plant-based meats that are tasty and nutritional at the same time. And I love your branding. You guys have a very cool, like, pink and red branding. It looks very modern, very cool. I'm excited to see it on the store shelves, hopefully soon. Yeah, we, we will be coming to America. So watch this space. I'll be contacting you straight away. And we've also just got some exciting marketing campaigns for next year as well uh, to just elevate our brand and connect with our customers that want to see us out there. 
Absolutely. So what final advice uh, do you have for aspiring entrepreneurs out there? I know we covered a lot, but is there anything that you'd like to kind of leave the listeners with? Yeah, absolutely. I just think believe in yourself. You might not have every answer, but you, there's always a way to learn, whether it's online or, you know, podcasts like this one or, you know, uh, reading a book or finding a mentor. For me, uh, I, I, get, I get great advice from mentors along the way. And, you know, I think you just take as much advice as possible. You don't have to listen or, or utilize everything, but you just absorb as much as possible so that you feel like you've got as much data there. Do your research, find gaps, get a, an amazing team, uh, someone with experience to support you and have faith in you and, and your business. And just think big, believe every single day in, in what you're doing that you know that it's going to happen. And I just think thinking big will pay off. I love that. Thinking big, think big and have confidence in doing it. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bri. I really appreciate your time today. It was awesome hearing your story and thanks for being on the show. No, thank you so much. And it's been an absolute pleasure and can't wait to catch up and send some products to you. Please do. We'd love it. Thanks. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Stairway to CEO podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Lee Green. And if you have any burning business questions, please feel free to reach us at www.stairwaytoceo.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to the show, tell your friends, leave us a review, and follow us on Instagram at Stairway to CEO. Until next time, guys, keep on climbing.